1: Are you ready?
2: Okay, I'm ready. The Jesse Blake Sports, Sports, Report. Report. Sports Report. Really? Oh, wait, really? The Jesse Blake Sports Report. That's it?
1: Don't forget it's the Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake.
2: <laughs> you know, that's kind of redundant.
1: Dude, is there a problem?
2: No, no that's fine. I, I just, you know, I thought maybe you guys would come up with something, you know, Good.
1: Man, I just
2: read it. You know what doesn't matter to me? I get paid by the word. Let's do this. The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake, powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's sports book. We're being joined now by Mike Stevens of the Hockey News and the Staff and Graph podcast. Mike, welcome and thank you for joining us today.
1: Of course, man. I, I'm, I'm really happy to be on a show that has a great name uh that has never come under scrutiny by anyone i think it's great
2: it's, it's great those, those are your thoughts on the name
1: yeah i think it you know it, it harkens back to the fun you know like su- sunday morning news shows which i think you know should be something that we bring back i think anyone that would disagree with that is just frankly not worth listening to
2: they should be fired into the sun like absolutely they be on this earth you know you shouldn't
1: associate with them at least they just I, don't I seem like people agree. worth associating with
2: i i 100 agree mm-hmm. with that so so. Yesterday, I asked you. I asked you to come on the show, and and I gave yep. you a bit of homework. You did. I, I wanted. I wanted you to to predict where. I I made a list of the top ten UFA's, uh, mm-hmm. the NHL. Um, I think that this is the top 10. I think this was top 10 most interesting names. I don't know yeah. if it's like, like I left off uh, John Klingberg. I left off Phyllis Forsberg and I put guys there like PK Subban and Claude mm-hmm. Jaroop because I think these names are a little more interesting than those other names that I left off.
1: But yeah, like if you put on Klingberg, I, I don't know if I would have been able to give you a fun answer to that. You, you so. wouldn't have come on. I, no, I would have just said no.
2: You just John, and held it against you John Klingberg. That's ridiculous.
1: And I would have held it against you for a long time. If I'm going to be honest, (laughs) like it would have been tough to get over
2: real tough. So so I gave you a bit of homework and we're going to go through the list. You're going to predict where these top 10 UFAs are going to land. Is that cool? Let's do it. All right. Absolutely. Number one on the list, the man who everybody's talking about right now, he's going to be the big talk of the offseason after this playoffs because of everything that's going on with him. And he's had the best season of his career in Mm -hmm. Colorado. Nazem Kadri what happens this offseason with them
1: see that's really tough like there, like there are a ton of teams that are well you know what? I think this really this is really influenced by what happens this playoffs right like I think if the if the if the abs somehow blow this to the blues or if they get or if McDavid just finds another crazy level and beats them in round two um then uh it's going to be well assuming that the Oilers get past there then i think he'll still have that hunger to like you know i need to win right now but i think if he like if he wins you know he's been so underpaid for so long he might be going to a place that you know like it's a big market like he could he, you know he could make some money um and might they might be good one day who knows and i think like philly seems like a great like a, a great landing spot just from that but then again you look at it and, and one thing we have to realize too is that, like hockey players don't look at the game like we do. Like they don't look mm-hmm. at you know like uh they don't break it down from a truly sort of like I don't know like like macro perspective. Like we we don't look at like Nazem Kadri's not like going through cap friendly to look at all of, of Chuck Fletcher's mishaps and and all that right. Like he's looking at oh it's Philly you know they're they, they're going to bring in a new coach potentially it could be like Barry Trotz or someone good like oh that'd be great they're going to pay me like eight million dollars a year sure I'll sign there. I wouldn't personally do it if I was Nas. uh, on the other hand, like if he, if he, if they lose, uh, I could see him trying to find somewhere that, you know, like, like I could see depending on what happens with, uh, with Bergeron, maybe Boston, Hmm. you know, which I think would just be the worst thing ever for Leafs fans, but we'll, we'll see. So it's, there's a lot, he, his, his is gonna be extremely tough to, to decide, but I think, you know, just like, just from right now, Philly seems like a great spot, same with Montreal. You are know? we
2: ruling out coming back to Colorado? Is, is they just the don't have the space. Too? Yeah. Okay.
1: Like they and they have so many free agents too. Like they have Burakovsky coming up. Lekinen's an RFA. Uh, you know, like they they just have so, uh, Kemper. They have to resign if they want to. Like there are just so many pieces for them and so little cap space that I just I it would be great to bring them back. But like that's what makes this so win now for them is that like this is going to be the deepest I think they'll be for a long time.
2: Number two on my most interesting NHL UFAs this offseason. Mm-hmm. Leafs fans, he is available. He can go to any team.
1: Mr. Soup, Jack Campbell. Mm-hmm. Mike, where does he land? I think he stays with the Leafs. Hey. You know, I think they're like, I've, I've seen a lot of, uh, I've seen a lot of contrarians on that. You know, I've seen a lot of people who are like, oh, you know, it's not, it's not certain. No, oh, Peter Mraz again and Jack Campbell can be back. I think, I mean, he loves being a Leaf. They love him. I mean, I don't see him as the kind of guy who's going to be like, you know, if, if one team's going to pay me five million, the Leafs are only going to pay me like four million. Uh, I think that's going to be the big difference. I think he really wants to stay um, at the same time, though, like he's 30 years old. He hasn't made a ton of money over his career. Like he's coming off a deal where he's he only made one point six, five million. Like this is probably his best bet to make a ton of money. And there could be an argument whether, you know, he's a 30 year old goaltender. Should the Leafs sign him long term anyway? You know, because that's usually when they drop off. Um but I think it's just, it just works. I think that he has a great familiarity with the team, with the locker room, with the, especially with the medical staff who helped him, you know, recover from injuries. It just, it just seems comfortable. Jack Campbell seems like the kind of guy who like values comfortability, like values sort of like security uh, um, and values just be like environment around him. And it seems like the Leafs have done everything and given him everything that, uh, that he could want. I think they'll find a way to make it work i can't see him somewhere else
2: the argument i will give a lot of credence to you mentioned it briefly in there is Mm -hmm. the if somebody comes in and says hey jack here's like five years and five million I could see him looking at that as hey this is my first year ever as a starter in the nhl and i may never make this money again it would be real dumb of me not to take this long-term contract if somebody's willing to offer him that i will give credence to that argument if people want to throw it out
1: there yeah yeah i think i think you're you're right on that sense like i think there there's definitely look it's not 100 there's a reason why we're talking about this in the first place right yeah. like it's um, but I do think that like, he's just so comfortable with the team. I think they do believe in him. Like, uh, you know, they've given him every opportunity. And aside from, you know, a, like a bad stretch where he possibly was playing through an injury this year, I mean, he's proven that he can be a very good goaltender. And I think their main, their main focus is, is going to be sign obviously signing Campbell, but then like, I, I, we should be more worried about moving up Morazic and then them finding a, a capable one B or a capable sort of like two a kind of, uh, to, to support him i think campbell's coming back
2: okay from one hometown favorite to another the calgary flames and johnny goudreau need to work out a new contract where does he land this offseason
1: yeah this is this is probably the toughest one Mm -hmm. i mean this is this is tough because if you had asked me this question last year i would have said oh he's gone like for sure i would have said philly because he's from that that area um they have a ton of cat space they need you know, like a, a high fluting, high, high octane player like him. Um, and then he just went on to have the best season of his career. And, you know, it seems like, I mean, aside from the playoffs right now, but like, seems like he fits perfectly in the style of play that Daryl Sutter is letting them, let him perform. You know, he's part of, he, he's, he's part of one of the, if not the best line in hockey uh, through the regular season, seems comfortable. Um, and he also kind of shut up a lot of people, at least in the regular season of, of what, how far he could carry a team or help carry a team. Um, on the other end though the the flames they have a ton of people coming up and i think they have like i have their cap friendly up here like they have a ton of people coming up they need to find a new deal for for uh matthew to who's a free who's a restricted free agent mm-hmm. mangiapani as well is going to have a ton of money coming off there you know a, a, and they have about 26 million dollars in cap space right now so i think they could probably do it like they could, they could probably swing it i can't like I, after the season i can't see goudreau i know it's a boring answer but i can't see goudreau going anywhere else he just had the best season of his career he's playing a style of hockey that suits his game for a coach that clearly believes in him um it just seems to make sense and he also has stated he wants to be in calgary forever and i think like i think him redeeming the past sort of like failures and 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 what left his status and uh in doubt in the first place i think that's very important to him so i think he i think he stays if not again i want to say philly just because they have a ton of cap space they're bad and he's from there
2: Okay, and the Goudreau situation is a little different than uh, the Colorado one or the Toronto mm. one because the Calgary Flames, like you mentioned, do have the cap space to do this. They can yeah. get it done if they're just willing to pay him. So it that, that seems like a little more solid that he's going to stay in Calgary there. Mm. And, yeah, and absolutely, this next one, it's not really a whether he leaves the team. It might mm-hmm. be whether he leaves hockey or he comes back to the team or he plays somewhere else. There's kind of three options here. Patrice Bergeron, where does he end up this off season?
1: like Jesse it's tough to imagine him retiring just because he's still like he's got he got better this year mm-hmm. like his defensive seat, like the his two-way play this season it was unbelievable and i can't see a guy going out when he's just so clearly on top and has more to give um but you know, like there have been whispers that I, at least I've heard that you know he's seriously considering retirement. Like this is, and this is a guy whose body is a mess. Like he is just being ravaged by by injury. Like, like the guy played through a broken lung and like a punctured spleen, or a punk, broken lung, a punctured lung and like a ruptured spleen, and just he's had you know huge concussion issues to start his career and all that. Like it's he's being banged up like crazy. I, you know what I could see is him. I could even see him taking like a year off
2: really, and then coming
1: back. Like, I could see him just like just to heal up. Like, he's got a family. He's got a young family. You know, he's played through so much. He's also won a cup. Like, Mm -hmm. and I can just see him being like, I just want to heal. Like, I don't want to wake up in the morning and be in pain and go to bed and be in pain and pick up my kid and be in pain. You know, like I want to, you know, I I could potentially see him doing that. But I just like I just can't see him retiring when he's probably going to win the Selkie this year. Mm-hmm. Just put th- just put forth one of the best defensive seasons we've seen from a forward ever. And I would say that the Bruins still are in somewhat of a window. They just signed Hampus Lindholm to an eight-year extension, and they just signed Taylor Hall, and they still have Brad Marchand under contract. Like I just I can't see him walking away. So I'm going to say he's, he's back in Boston. One thing I think
2: we would have been looking at this a little differently if they had the Olympics this year. If yes. Bergeron got that last run at the Olympics and say Canada won gold, I think there would have been a better argument for him putting a cap on his career and ending it all. But I could see him just sticking around. What's what's his age right now? Thirty six. I could see him trying to gut out two more years to play yeah. whatever World Championships the NHL is working on. Uh, hopefully, I think they're trying to get that up and running in like two years. But because I know Crosby talks so much about how much the uh, the Olympics were important to him and how Canada couldn't get there this year, or the NHL. Or couldn't get there this year and like bergeron's that same way and i feel like he's got to stick around just because like you said the legs are still there he can still compete and the bruins are still good
1: yeah he's not just like a serviceable and he's not still in like the joe thornton territory where he's like mm-hmm. you know a serviceable nhl player like he's like one of the best in the league like this would be like a barry sanders situation where like a guy is walking away not young not in like the age sense but like when a guy's walking away at the, the height of his powers right. like it's he got he had one of the best seasons of his career this year at age thirty six. You know, playing banged up and doing it in like the hardest way possible, which is being you know like a defensively focused center. It, it, it's I I just I can't I can like they like I can't ignore the whispers, but I just can't see him walking away. Mm-hmm.
2: And if he comes back, we're all in agreement that Boston. He's, yes, he's not, he's not moving anywhere. He's not. Oh, he's already for said the that. Canadians, yeah.
1: yeah. I it's although funny. I do I, like I'm I'm playing be pro in NHL twenty two. I'm a <laughs> okay. defense. I'm currently the captain of the, the, the Vegas Golden Knights. They haven't run oh. me out of town yet. Oh, yeah. um, and, uh, and I will say in my in my sophomore season, Patrice Bergeron was our first line son. So
2: oh. potentially. <laughs> Is EA you know, trying to tell us something? Bergeron can they, can they to the Knights?
1: The if anyone can see the future, it's the rights holder. Uh, uh, That's so all I'm, so, so I'm saying. Start the rumor, radio me. I don't care.
2: It's I, I like that. I like that you mentioned uh, the the knights didn't ship you out of town yet because uh, they probably will and then not tell you about it.
1: They will. I mean, I I've had like two massive injuries I played like forty six games combined in the last two years and they only offer me a two year extension. So they're 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 laying the seeds. I'm getting ready. I'm not buying a house. Let's just put it that way.
2: <laughs> what's your uh, what's your overall ninety five right now? Oh,
1: okay. But they've done. They, look, I I didn't win a Vesna and they've shipped out people for they've shipped out people who have
2: so. it's true it's true uh-huh. right, from a from a 36 year old to a 35 year old soon to be 36 in july mm-hmm. uh player who's also played with their team their entire career Evgeny Malkin is he finally not going to be a Pittsburgh Penguin this offseason when he is a UFA we've heard the troubles I mean, with the contract and the new ownership group and them lowballing him so what do you think happens here
1: Normally I would have said this is has no chance. Like he's going to retire like a penguin. He, he, you know, him and Sid have been such a great, but like, I don't know, like the penguins, they have $23.2 million in cash space. Mm-hmm. They still, they, they have to potentially resign Ricard Raquel. You know who they got. Uh, Brian Boyle won't cost much, but like Kapanen needs a new deal. He's an RFA. Evan Rodriguez, who had a phenomenal season this year as a UFA. He's 28. He's going to command a lot of money. You know, Danton Heinen, they need to resign. They also need to resign Chris Letang. Also, need to resign Casey DeSmith. Like, there's a lot of players that they need to give contracts to. And keep in mind, like, this is a team that got bounced in the first round. Like, this isn't, you know, like, if they even return the same roster, like, who knows what their ceiling is. This is team that needs to improve and resign all their players. It's it's going to be tough. I think at the end of the day, Malcolm will take, like, somewhat of a hometown discount. I can't see him going anywhere other than Pittsburgh, which, again, is a, like a boring answer. And, and I hate that the NHL is forcing me to give these boring answers because no one goes anywhere. Right. Um, <laughs> But you know, like this of of any of like the of any of the 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 guys who need new contracts, like between him and Latang, I feel like Malkin underratedly is the most likely to go somewhere, like go somewhere else, because it's just I don't know. He just like he, they, they've lowballed him. They, I if it wasn't a if he wasn't a Pittsburgh Penguin, I could I could see him going to like the Washington Capitals because they love their veterans who have like name brand mm-hmm. like who just behind them and who are, you know, looking for one last shot to play to, to play for companies. He likes Ovi and all that. Um, but then again, we've seen just how Marc Andre Fleury, who hasn't played for the Penguins in years, has been like, no, that rivalry between those two teams will prevent me from ever being a capital. I say he goes back to Pittsburgh, but like I say that very hesitantly, you know, mm-hmm. like if that doesn't happen, I won't cry myself to sleep. Do you the you have other ones? I will.
2: Any kind of feelers about where else he could go if it's not Pittsburgh? See, it's,
1: it's tough. Like it's really tough, man. Like there's like, everyone is so far up against the cap. Yeah. I could see him maybe going to like Jersey. Hmm. Like New Jersey, they're a team that you know that, that is kind of they're on the up. Um, they have some good players in like you know a jack in like Jack Hughes and Jesper Brad and Dougie Hamilton and guys like that. And then they also have the cap space, and they might be like, oh, M- Malcolm would be the perfect guy to like bring in, give us a one-two punch of of Hughes and Malkin. Maybe he can mentor him a bit, you know, like keep him in the division so he can you know get revenge on the team that lowballed him. I think like Jersey would be an interesting fit. Mm-hmm. But like, just like picture in your mind. Like, can you picture of Getty Malkin in a jersey that's not that's not Pittsburgh? I don't. I feel. I feel like Malkin's on the move. Is that, you think so? Yeah. What about you? What What, what do you think?
2: Uh, I, I don't know where. That's that's my thing. I'm not. I'm not sure where. But I feel like it's 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 re- we've reached the end of the run with the Crosby and Malkin train. And because I think Malkin wants the shot at the end of his career to just play somewhere where he's probably the number one center. Yeah, he's, he's literally it's it's been the second fiddle to Crosby his entire career. Um, it it's kinda done. Like the Pittsburgh Penguins, I know they'll every year that they have Crosby, they're they're a playoff team. They're always gonna take a run at it. But I can see Malkin looking at this as hey, I've done this my entire career. Give me two years at the end of it, somewhere else, where I can just be free of the of the of the tie that I have to Crosby and just try out something new.
1: Like I think that's pretty much. I think that's pretty much what is going to happen. Like, I like he's. I think New Jersey looks like looks like a pre, like, like it makes sense. Like they have they, they have twenty five point three million dollars in cash space for next year. They don't have a ton of people coming up. They need like the main guy they need to resign is. Uh, is Miles Wood and Jesper Brodt, and they probably like will take a chunk of that. But like other than that, they don't really have any huge names coming off the book. They have like two centers of, of Hughes and Heischer, and which who I think are great, but I don't think are number one options. So you put Malkin in there, and then you have a, a like a one through three of Malkin, Hughes, and Heischer, which is great. Like they have a strong Russian presence on that team too. Like I I, I can see I can see Jersey as being an underrated an underrated team like they they've shown especially with how aggressive they were at getting Dougie Hamilton that like they're in the market to to you know to spend money to sign big name talent whereas they weren't previously so I think if if, if he doesn't stay in Pittsburgh which I do think he will I think <laughs> I think the devils is going to be a very very intriguing I think okay. we, we should watch them
2: I'll, I'm also going to throw out the Canadians the Montreal Canadiens yeah that's true. any Malkin, they're, they mm-hmm. could be a good fit I don't I don't know if they pursue it but I could see it happening here, let's uh, let's move. Let's tie this into Chris Letang, who's next on the list. Uh, just one year younger than Malkin, thirty five years old. Entire career in Pittsburgh. Does Letang leave?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> based on based on what he's asking for, mm-hmm. um, I can see like 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 they've they've lowballed him. But like you know, I've talked to like Jesse Marshall about this. Like who covers the Penguins, the Athletic, and he's like he's saying like he's heard. Like LeTang wants like ten million or like nine million per year, which like you look at his stats, like he's like he like it's close, like like if you look at least purely offensively and like how he influences possession, like he's one of the best puck moving defensemen who just put up sixty five points at age thirty five. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's tough. I can see that like and I, I I know it sounds sort of like you know cheap because of the French Canadian connection, but I can definitely see him on, on the haps. Like okay. I can see I can see him as like a. Because the Habs are like, look, they 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 want to be good. Like they they are they're getting Shane right, likely. You know, like they they you know they they have Cole Caulfield. They have these players that yes, they want to get younger, but they also have players that are signed, uh, uh that are in kind of in like the middle of their careers. They want to get going. I can, I can see Latang coming in. There as like a steadying veteran presence playing like the Andre Markov role, you know, like it would be terrific for season tickets. You know, this is a season that, you know, they, they lost a lot of their goodwill. Um, with that whole Ducharme thing, I think signing with Tang, you know, coming off a big year, it probably won't be long-term. It'll be like three years or whatever, but signing him there, even if he does, even if he's not there for like their greatest years, having him as like the mentor guy who speaks to the media, who does all that, like, I think that would be a great move for him. I can see him going to Montreal. They need a player like that just in general, like they need a good defenseman. Um, I mean, how else are you going to replace Ben Sherratt? So it's uh <laughs> So was, I, I can definitely see that.
2: Okay, th- this next player, he's truly a wild card by just who he is and, and the journey mm-hmm. he's been on the last six months. Evander Kane, who's lighting it up with the Edmonton Oilers right now in the playoffs. I believe he leads the playoffs in goals. He does, and I don't yeah. have the, the numbers up in front of me, but I believe that's true. Um, where does Kane land? Does he go back with the Oilers? Does some other team take a flyer on him, give him a big contract? What do you think happens?
1: I don't... I, I don't... Kane... I. I hope at least that GMs are smart enough or like, you know, sort of like they have, they have an, like sort of like persistent enough or, or whatever the term is like aware enough to not give Evander Kane another long-term contract. Yeah. Like I just like this we how many times this is exactly what happens in San Jose where he joined San Jose the whole thing was around how well he was behaving, how great of a teammate he's been. You know, Joe Thornton picked him up at the airport. He performed really well. They gave him a seven-year extension. And then like three years into that, the entire roster was like, we will not play with this person anymore. You know, and and he got kicked out. And like ha- and this has happened to every single organization he's ever played for. Whether it's the the thrashers that turned into the Jets, whether it's the Sabres, whether it's it's the Sharks, like it, it is never He's just never been able to stick in one place for very long, um, despite how good he is. Like, look, he's clearly, like, he's clearly amazing. The fact yeah. that he was even, the fact that he was a free agent at all and the Oilers can sign him is absurd. But I can see him trying to to get back on the Oilers, but, like, they don't have a ton of cash space. Like, they have, like, $6 million in cash space for next year, essentially, and they got to re-sign a ton of people. Um, they have to get a new deal for Yessi pooley and Kayler Yamamoto and Ryan McLeod, you know, and then uh, – uh, Darnell nurse's giant uh, extension is kicking in and uh, you know, like it's it, 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 they don't have a ton of space. So it depends on what he's commanding because he mm-hmm. could command theoretically, like, you know, 7 billion or whatever now. And, and, you know, you look at the numbers strictly and he'd get that, but I don't know. Like I, you can't look at his track record, what he's done to teams, what he's done to locker rooms after extended stays pretty much any stay that's, that's lasted over a season. And and feel confident committing a, a ton of capital and a ton of of uh, uh, just straight up like trust in him, you know. Like I don't think he's he's done enough to to earn it back. So I think I think Edmonton's a perfect place for him. Like I think they've brought out the best in him. I think you know I think the fact I think the guilt of like do not screw up this for Connor McDavid is kind of keeping him in line. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the best place he can go. But if not, like I don't know, I could see a team. I could see I could see a team like the Devils giving him a shot like they need you know they have the cap space they need some offensive punch like all that I could see you know like I would have said Buffalo but he's already been there (laughs) like right you know I could see like I could see a team like the Senators Mm -hmm. like do you not see very
2: interesting name because I think like as 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 difficult as, as it is to bring this up, the, the money troubles that he has had are a mm-hmm. part of his story. And for Absolutely. Kane, it might be a situation where, okay, whoever offers me the biggest contract here is where I'm going to go. And the Ottawa Senators have a history of paying guys to come there because it is Ottawa. So I, I think the the Ottawa Senators are a very interesting name. And he has no fear in playing in Canada, clearly. He's he's mm-hmm. from here. He's played in Edmonton now in the playoffs. Um, I like I the Ottawa Senators as a dark horse to land Kane there
1: yeah and like you're 100 right his like financial struggles the fact that he's in bankruptcy right now like he's he's still got you know like 27 million dollars in debt or something that has to influence that and like the thing about matthew Duchuk chirping him saying like he needs some money is that he probably could use a couple bucks you know like it's so it yeah it's he's the kind of player and this would be this would have even been you know more if pierre Maguire was still there hmm. we're like he's the kind of player that i can see ottawa being like but he's so good we need to sign him like they're so like like the better version of like Travis Hamannick where like they, they went out, they paid assets to get him and everyone's being like, yeah, but he's not being great in locker rooms and this, that, whatever. And they're like, nah, but he's like a solid, he's what we need. And they go out and get, I can, I can see, I can see it happening for sure. But I do, I would put my money on him somehow returning to the Oilers okay. just because he's being exactly what they needed. Um, and it seems like that's the spot where like they've been able to get the best out of him, both on the ice and off so mm-hmm. far. He seems to be on his best behavior, you know, they gave him another chance. So I can see that. But Ottawa, I wouldn't count them out like that. That seems like a team where they're like, we're just one in Vanderkan away when they're not really.
2: This next name is going to have a lot of play on our network uh, in general. On, <laughs> no on every show on this network because
1: <laughs> who's he because represented of, by?
2: I, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know if we can if, if, if uh, I can mention who he's represented by. It's, I don't I'm just I don't know. No, uh, this is Mark andre Fleury if mm-hmm. anybody knows who's who's his agent like give him a call let him know that he needs a big contract he's 37 years old uh just had a playoff run with the Wild where they benched him in in game number 6 it was yeah, game six, not going right back there. for Cam yeah. Talbot um i don't think he goes back to the Wild where do you think Mark Andre Fleury lands and where do you think uh, his agent will get him the most cash
1: well the thing yeah the thing about Fleury is that he needs uh, uh like he he's all about winning like last chances He's all about winning. He needs to, you know, he, like, he's only got however many years left. He's, like, 37 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and a team that I could see this working for, um, I could see him potentially going to the Islanders. Oh. Um, they are a team that, like, Sorokin was really good yeah. last year. Like, he, he, but I think, but you know how much Lou Lamarillo loves his veterans? Um, they have... They have twelve million dollars in cap space, with guy with not a ton of people really needed to re-sign outside of uh, uh, like they're probably not going to bring back Chara. Ad Green is thirty nine years old. He's a UFA. The only really the only contract they need to they need to really give out that would cost a ton is uh, is Noah Dobson, and he's an RFA, and he only had one good year, so they could probably bridge him. I could see. Like, I could definitely see uh, Flurry going in there if they find a way to move out Varlamov, who's 34 and makes 5 million. And then they roll with a Sorokin and Flurry duo there. Um, If they find a way, like, they're not going to find a way to move out uh, Jonathan Quick. um, But if they could, I could have seen him going to, to LA. Like it's, you know, it's a great place to just kind of settle for your last years. They got an up and coming roster with a lot of good young players, but also a strong veteran presence at their core. Um, they have the cow space to make it work. Uh, and then if they, if they found a way to sort of like ditch quicks cap hit, then they could roll with, you know, Cal Peterson, Mark Andre Fleury, which would be interesting. Um, but other than that, like it's, it's, it's going to be tough. I I can definitely see the Islanders being a, like an attractive spot for him. Like I, like if they find a way to move out Verlamov, so he, so it's him and Sorokin going one, one, a one B like Lulamura loves his veterans. Uh, I feel like flurry, you know, like th- this is a team that I think just based on how much they, they struggled last year with the circumstances they were dealt with COVID with the 13 game road trip to start the season, you know, with all that, like it was just a nightmare. They had, and also like just moving buildings is tough. Like in the middle of the season, like they had to move from one arena to another, that's a whole new routine you have to deliver. It's a whole, you know, like it, people get comfortable. And so um, I think the Islanders are a low-key spot for him. Like I think I, I I can picture him in that jersey. And I think it kind of makes sense given the the leadership.
2: One team that came to mind for me last night watching the Blues and Avs is the Avs. Because of how shaky Darcy Kemper was in that mm-hmm. game last night. And he's a UFA. Maybe you go away from Darcy Kemper. You let him go to a different team. You sign Marc-Andre Fleury to like a couple million very little because you don't have the cap space if you're the avs and you take one last shot at another cup run with the uh with the avalanche if you're flurry you're going for another cup with francouz and flurry as your tandem at, yeah if he at, doesn't if he it's, doesn't, it's doesn't want money there,
1: but no that's like i think that's a great idea like if and the reason why that wasn't my number one is because like i was wondering if he's still prioritizing money mm-hmm. even though he's he's earned a lot but like the Avs, they have twenty four point six million in cap space. They need to re-sign. I mean, like they might not, but they need to re-sign Cogliano, Kadri, Nachushkin, Burakovsky, um, Helm, Ob Kebel, who's been very good, uh, Lekkinen, Sturm, who they just paid a first round, like a top ten pick for. So they probably want to re-sign him. Um, Josh Manson potentially. Probably not Jack Johnson, Ryan Murray who's being decent, and then Darcy Kemper. That's a lot of players they need to re-sign. But if they don't, if they if they want to move on from Kemper, that's fine. They had pr who's a great backup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like you're like Netrushkin and Burakovsky are not gonna be cheap. And they probably want to re-sign Lekin and given the price that they paid for him. Um, so that already eats into a lot. But if if Fleury wants to take like two million, three million or whatever, like, I mean, there's gonna be no better chance for him to end with a cup. You know, like it's right. it's a it's a better landing spot than the Islanders, who I think just off the top right now could sign him without even making any moves or letting anyone really go. But we've seen like Joe is an aggressive GM. He traded a first round pick for for Darcy Kemper in the first place. Like it's and, and a prospect. You know, like he he wants to win right now. And if they don't if they don't this year, like I think and and Kemper's a big reason. I think your your future is gonna is gonna come to fruition Jesse I think that's a great answer
2: yeah and it definitely depends on how this playoffs ends for the abs because I think mm-hmm. a Stanley Cup changes everything you know kind of throws everything out the window so we'll see how that goes and we got two last yep. names here Claude Giroux currently a Florida Panther gonna be a UFA where does he land
1: we've heard the rumblings of Ottawa like, like that is beat for some reason. That is just a persistent report that keeps kind of being brought up. And I go like, why would he want to do that at this point? Like they don't like Ottawa thinks they're closer. Like Ottawa thinks they're very close and I can see them potentially persuading a hockey player to believe that. And I, and they have a ton of cap space and you know, like Giroux, like it wouldn't like, you know, he's Canadian. He might want to play, play in his home country. Um, so it's going to be tough. I I think he like the Panthers probably can't re-sign him, but I think he'd want to stay there. There's a reason why he like made his way to, um, like he he essentially like handcuffed his own team to make to make them take it's him was full uh,
2: no move right. So he yeah. got the pick of any team, and he picked Florida.
1: And the re- and like the the rumblings as you were uh, uh, were that he that Colorado had a more intriguing offer, but <laughs> Drew was like, no, I want to go to Florida, and like just we could do a whole podcast on how hilarious Florida's situation is moving forward after swinging and missing. Like it's, it's ridiculous, but I can see them trying to resign him. If not, like Ottawa's being, being a thing that, that, you know, has been rumbling Montreal. I mean, they need centers. Um, Giroux, like is 34 he still showed he's very good like he was one of the only players in in the playoffs that showed up he scored i think it was a point per game uh, for them and he also scored 23 points in 18 games mm-hmm. after being acquired by Florida like he still got it um so i can see those two uh it's it's i would say I, as well like i would say a team like the islanders just because they need some scoring punch um and like i said Lou loves his loves his veterans and it just kind of seems like that would, that would make sense. But I also don't know whether or not drew would want to put up with like the rules and the stringent sort of nature near the end of his career. Like he's, I've never seen him clean shaven. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine him wanting to shave a beard. So I'm going to put my money on, on either of of Montreal or, uh, uh, or Ottawa just, and just Ottawa, because it's just like, it's just being this rant, this rumor that's come from like people like LeBron or guys like that. That's just never really gone away. And right. Normally, those things are flashes in the pan. They come out and you go like, oh, potentially this. And you go, oh, that'd be interesting. And then you never hear him again. It's all there's all, The whispers have always been there. And I just wonder, you know, when there's smoke, there has to be at least a little bit of fire or potentially a fire that could be brewing. Um, and for some reason, Ottawa has followed Claude Giroux around. And I can see that.
2: This last name here, I would classify him as one of the most interesting men in hockey based on his <laughs> journey and who he is as a person. And I don't, I don't know if you're going to say the name that I'm going to throw out there just for, uh, for a lot of fun. But where does PK Subban land? What name were you going to throw out there? The Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously.
1: You know, <laughs> I can like, look PK. It's it's interesting because I. I wrote a little bit about like, you know, like UFAs, like pending UF during the last like 10 games, like pending UFAs who could really help themselves with the final 10 games. He was one of them. And that made me kind of dive into his stats. And despite the like the point production not being there, like he's like a 20, 25 point player at this point where he used to be like, you know, 60. um, His possession numbers weren't that bad. You know, like he, like he was over fifty percent in scoring chances, over fifty percent in expected goals. Like he's a right shot defenseman. You know, he clearly plays physical. He's got a big body. Can potentially move the puck if you need him to. Um, at the same time, like I just, I don't know. I really don't. Like I really don't know if the Leafs are willing to. Uh, to I, I feel like if, if I feel like they would have tried to make this happen by now. If they were going to like, okay. But the contract you know, like,
2: has never made sense until this point, like until there's no contract because the, the contract he has with the devils was not something I think the, uh, the Leafs were willing to take on. It was still the, the $9 million deal from the Habs. Was it not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was like, would like, would they have uh yeah. Like, like would they, like there was, there was that rumor that PK and the devils like could potentially just want to like, void their contract yeah, middle the of last year situation yeah, which yeah. i think would have been great like mm-hmm. it would, but i don't know it's i can see him i can see him going to philly mm-hmm. i think that would be a really cool spot for him um they're clearly building something there depending on which coach they get like it could be really interesting chuck fletcher loves big names like he loves to throw big money at big names um it, even though he's not gonna get a ton of money this really depends on whether on what pk is going to be looking for because when you really look at it from like a, like, you know, if you look at it from like a model perspective or whatever, like he could probably command like 1.5, 2 million or whatever on the open market based on right shot defenseman. That's a rare commodity. He, you know, his fancy stats were pretty decent this year. He's, you know, he's good for 20, 25 points, which, you know, is, is pretty decent from from a defenseman uh, in the bottom six or in the, in the bottom like two or whatever. Um, so it, it maybe uh, you know, another team could potentially want to hop in on that. I think I could see, Subban in a Philly, in a Philly Jersey. I, th- I mean, okay. I could see, I could see Chuck Fletcher thinking that he wants to build his right side with Rasmus, the line and, and PK Subban, you know, to, to give him the best on paper, uh, uh blue line of 2013. I think that would be, I think that'd be great for him. So I can definitely see Philly. Um, I could see, I could, I could even see the Blackhawks, you know, oh, like, that's a good like name. That, you know, that's a, like, they're, they're yes. They're going into a rebuild. Um, but they also, they lost a lot of goodwill this year, like rightfully, um, their fans did not care about their own ice product by the end of the season, their attendance dipped a lot, you know, and I could see signing a guy like Subban, they need some right shot defenders, um, you know, like for all their young players, they probably want like a veteran presence in there. Um, and at least in, at least in, uh, uh in New Jersey, we've heard nothing about him being a good teammate. Um, I could see I could see the Blackhawks maybe swinging on that, giving them like you know like one year eight hundred grand or one year one million or whatever. They have the cap space to do it, um, and I don't. I, I it depends on if Subban wants to win, but then again, who knows if he's going to have a ton of teams you know lining up for him. So I could see I could see the Blackhawks. Philly seems like a really interesting thing for me. Like I don't know why, but I can just picture him in like a Flyers jersey. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be really cool, um, and I can just see. I can see a guy like Chuck Fletcher being like PK Subban. We gotta get him. It's PK Subban. You know, <laughs> right, so right. And, yeah, I can I can see that. And the
2: Toronto Maple Leafs. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, which
1: look that would be that'd be great, man. Like that'd be that'd be super cool. I think he could actually contribute, but like they they need right shots, especially if they're moving out Justin Hall. Like mm-hmm. who knows, man? That'd be that'd be really interesting. But I, I don't I don't know okay. I don't know. Okay. So I can see I can see the Blackhawks. or I can see the Flyers.
2: All right, I got I got two more predictions for you. I didn't Hit tell me. you I was going to ask you to do these, but oh, Conn and Stanley Cup. As I bring up the odds here on Sports Interaction, uh, Colorado favorites to win the Stanley Cup, two point four two on the odds. Then we got Tampa, Edmonton, and Carolina. And then we go down the trains: Calgary, New York, and St. Louis. Who's your pick for the Stanley Cup? <laughs>
1: I think call I think it'll I think the final will be Colorado and and Tampa. Okay. I think Ta- I think Tampa it just has this special sauce. Like they are just like they, they like what they did to what they just did to Florida mm-hmm. and just like the depth that they have, the belief that they have, the familiarity they have with each other, Vasilevsky's hit his stride. Um everything's just clicking for them. They have be been there. They know what it's like to be pushed to the brink. They know what it's like to, they know not to get too high after a sweep. They know not to get too low after just barely getting out of a game seven. Um, on the other hand, Colorado, uh, uh, I think they've got the blues on the ropes. Yeah, they're going to St. Louis, but we saw what happened last time they played on the road. I don't have any belief that St. Louis will be able to win, you know, three of the next four games or two of the next three games against Colorado based on how they're playing. Um, and, in the, and, and at the end, I think that, I want Colorado to win. Okay. But I also think that, I also think that when put up against it, like goaltending is going to come down to so much of this. And I don't trust Darcy Kemper in a battle against, I think we might see a three peat. Like, I, I think ah. there's a good chance, which again is the most boring answer. I'm sorry, but like, it's <laughs> very good. In terms of Con Smythe, like, There will be arguments no matter what happens. Like if McDavid doesn't make the cup final, there will be arguments that people are saying, no, he should win because it's playoff MVP. It's not finals MVP.
2: Right, right. Currently Um, six to one on Sports Interaction to win the Conn Smythe Trophy. Connor McDavid, fourth best odds. That I've seen that bubbling under the surface amongst NHL uh, writers and Twitterites that yeah. McDavid deserves the con Smythe, even though Edmonton might not win the Stanley Cup, and it's an interesting argument. I'm willing to hear it.
1: I don't know, like, like I don't know if I would if I would do it just because I think there is like, I think I think the fact that making it to the Cup final has to impact your your case, but I think you'll I think you'll get votes. Um, if Colorado wins, I think it will be either. I think it'll be Makar. McKinnon's okay. had like the flashier things, but Makar just being so like damn good. Like he's mm-hmm. just been so good. If if Tampa wins, um, that's that's really tough because they haven't had like one standout player. Like, I think they, it's like, got to be Vasy, right? It's got to be Vassilev for what he's done Kut- in
2: the elimination games.
1: Like Kucherov has like looked good in the second round, and also like like he he scored the quietest over point per game series in round one. I yeah. was about to include him on like a list of like players I was writing about who need to step up in round two. And then I checked hockey reference and he had eight points in seven games. I'm like, when the <laughs> hell did that I was at all the games. When did that happen? It's ridiculous.
2: It's so um, true.
1: And then Vasilevsky, just what he did to shut down the great, the best literally like in terms of actual like statistics, the best, Offensive team of my lifetime. I'm 26 years old. I was born in 1990 1996. And the last time a team scored over four goals per game in a regular season was 1995 96. So literally, the Florida Panthers are the best offensive team of my my lifetime. And Vasilevsky held them to three goals in four games. Humble. I mean, that's that's absurd. Yeah. So I can see him doing it. I see like we will we'll do. I can also see someone just tossing out like a headman in there mm. just because he's the easy answer and he's being good. But yeah, I, I. I want like I want Colorado to win. I really want them to win. I think it would be great. I want to see Nathan MacKinnon hoist the Stanley Cup, you know. I, I it'll be great. But Tampa just looks like they're on a roll and I don't trust Darcy Kemper. So that's the great that's 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 the great thing about about this this game we call hockey. Like it's all random. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Well, well Mike, this this was a lot of fun. I'm
1: and so I want to I want
2: maybe after the Stanley Cup is awarded, maybe in between the draft or something, we do a check-in on some of these picks here that you've had and where the yeah, land. Hell yeah, man. I can't
1: wait to be wrong about all of them. It's going <laughs> to be great. <laughs> you
2: can't wait to go over 10. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> all right. That's Mike Stevens of the Hockey News and the Staff and Graph Podcast. Find him on Twitter and all your social media. Uh, Mike Stevens, thank you again.
1: Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I love it.
2: Everything I'm about to talk about next is 19+. plus. Please gamble responsibly if you are, are going to place a bet. We have some helpful links in the description below about responsible gambling. Please visit that if you if you need those resources. Uh, visit sportsinteraction.com/sdpn to get involved here on any of these bets and. I want to start off here with the Blue Jays and the Angels. We're going to have a lot of baseball content coming up here in the next couple of weeks as the NHL and the NBA playoffs wind down. Yes, we will have some NBA content as well as we head to the NBA Finals. But first, the Toronto Blue Jays. They play the Angels tonight. Late game, West Coast. It's the Shohei Atani game. He's pitching. He's hitting. He is Babe Ruth. He is doing it. But I'm going to do the anti-Shohei Bets is what I'm calling it. I believe in Hunjin Ryu and the Blue Jays lineup turning it around tonight. He's starting for them. Over under strikeouts for Hunjin Ryu. Three and a half. That number seems so low to me. He's not a big strikeout pitcher, so I get only 11 Ks on the year and 18 innings pitched. But three and a half, I think he can get to this Angels lineup. I think he can hit four strikeouts tonight. I'm gonna hit the over on that. So I believe in Hunjin Ryu and I don't believe in Shohei Atani. So I'm gonna do the under on his total strikeouts. Under seven and a half total strikeouts for Shohei Atani. Seven and a half, eight strikeouts he'd have to hit to hit that over. Eight strikeouts is still a lot for this Blue Jays lineup. I know they've been struggling, and that's why I think this might be an opportunity to jump on them getting out of a little bit of a slump that they have here. Who would have thought that hitting would have been the problem for the Jays? If you've been keeping up with the Jays, that's the issue that's going on. Their bats have gone absolutely cold, but I'm a believer. I think the Blue Jays at least don't strike out eight times. While Shoei's pitching, he only averages about like six innings a start. So he'd have to have more than one strikeout per inning to hit this eight. And I don't think he does it. So the odds there, 1.65 times your money if Shoei hits the under in strikeouts. And if Hunjin Ryu hits the over, which it would be four, it's 1.8 times whatever you bet. Those are the odds right there on each of those bets. If you were to take the other side, show a over seven point five strikeouts, so he hits eight strikeouts. That'd be two point one times your money. That's the underdog, and then hundred new would be one point eight seven if you took the under. So he hit three strikeouts there. Those are my two Blue Jays bets for tonight. That's what I'm. That's what I'm rolling with. Also for tonight. The Golden State Warriors up against the Dallas Mavericks. I did this last time, and I hit it. Um, the last time the Warriors were in a place to close out the series, um, I was like, okay, let's do it. The Warriors are going to cl- uh, close it out. They're going home. Uh, they're going to win by eight-plus, and they did. I think the line was seven and a half the last time they had to close out a series, uh, last round, and they did it, and I won that bet that night. I didn't win the Pittsburgh one that night, though, so I went one for one. If you're keeping track at home. So I have those two strikeout bets. The over on Hunjin. The under on she- Shohei. And then I'm going to do the point spread on the Warriors. They're going home. They're going to close it out. It hit last time. Why not Why not try it again? Minus seven are the Warriors. And it's almost two to one about, of your money. 1.91. So the Warriors have to win by at least eight tonight for this bet to hit and you get almost two to one of your money and I think they do it I think they closed out versus the Mavs I think the Warriors are back in the NBA finals uh it looks like they're gonna face the Boston Celtics next week next Thursday we're gonna do a full NBA finals wherever it's at I don't know if it'll start by Thursday or if it'll be in the middle of it by thursday but we'll have some nba finals content coming at you next thursday i'm very excited for that once again sportsinteraction.com sdpn for all of these odds there if you want to place any of these bets 19 plus only responsible gaming link in the description of the show below find it there sportsinteraction.com sdpn that's it for me today Thank you to Mike Stevens for joining us and running through all of those UFAs, top 10 most interesting UFAs in the NHL this coming off season. I'll be back next Thursday again, back on the Steve Dangle podcast tomorrow, Friday. Go watch my latest Twitch stream if you have the time. It's on YouTube. It finally happened. I got fired as general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. A lot of people were very happy that I got fired. I didn't realize the amount of people who were cheering for my demise. It had been 15 seasons as GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs in NHL 22 franchise mode, and we won a total of zero Stanley Cups. Go watch that on YouTube. I won't spoiler how it happened. It's pretty dramatic. I think it's very entertaining, but yeah. Find that on YouTube.com slash S-D-P-N. And that's it. See you guys next week. Thank you for being here. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here right now, listening or watching to this podcast episode. Thank you. I appreciate you. Good night from Toronto. And that is how it's done. The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook.
1: Jesse Blake, the guy that likes to hear his name twice in one sentence. Sure, I know him.
2: No, he doesn't have an ego at all